Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Spartans. It is Thursday, March 26th. 2020 is, is the it? year. I don't even know what, what? day it is anymore. It, it, could be, it, it could be any day, man. These are all the same. <laughs> Everything has stopped working in my house. I'm keeping track of the days by etching marks into the wall in my bedroom. That's where we're at. That's the way to do it, man. Yeah, prison rules only. Let's go. If I if I told you that in two weeks that's what's going to be happening, would you be shocked? Not not even the slightest. No, not like, at all. In two weeks, Matt, everything's mm-hmm. going to stop working. Like, I can mm-hmm. see it. Nothing, yeah. nothing is out of the realm of possibility at this very moment. It has just, it's been an interesting two weeks. It's been two weeks since uh, Rudy Gobert test positive for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. That is outrageous. It seems like three and a half months ago. But at the same time, I've been quarantined for about 13 days now. That seemed to fly by. So, And that's also starting to drive me crazy, too. It's all the events in the world that have happened. March Madness has been canceled almost two weeks ago. That seems like four months ago. But yeah, I, I feel like I've only been really quarantined for four days. And that's starting to play tricks in my mind. I don't know what's real anymore, Will. I'm starting to lose it over here. Uh, my name is Will Hunter. That is my off-the-walls co-host. My Insane s- Asylum patient si- co-host. Yes, yes, my sinking into quarantine co-host, Matt Sheehan. Yeah, um, remember, it was about two weeks ago this time, because we were recording when Ruby, Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA was... Uh, suspended all in one big swoop. Like, mm-hmm. it happened bang, bang. And that's so, when realization started to hit. Yeah. Going into that podcast, Matt. Yeah. So two weeks ago, really much at this time, pretty much at this time, because it was around 10 o'clock when it happened. Two weeks ago, I, a, a generally reasonable, cautious person, mm-hmm. thought there's no way the NCAA tournament will not be played. There's not a chance in hell that they won't find a way to play this tournament. Two weeks later, mm-hmm. it is absolutely absurd to even look back and be like, yeah, there, it's absurd to even think there was a shot. Yeah. There was no chance in hell. Everyone who was mad about it, who thought they should have postponed it or anything like that, like obviously this is hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course. Just looking back, we were all so stupid and so wrong. Oh, like we're in the zone where all four of golf's majors might be canceled. We're in the zone where... I don't want to say it. I, I was just going to whisper it. Football is maybe on the table. But hey, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the baseball season is not only going to be abbreviated, but it might just be. <laughs> but hey, you know what? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Don't want to mm-hmm. jump too far ahead. But <laughs> man, what a two weeks it's been, Will. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, boy, it's, howdy. That's the point. It's absolutely wild what has happened in two weeks. It has been one of the craziest two-week stretches I can remember. Maybe since, uh, I don't know, a war time, more, you know, maybe 9-11, war time, you know, going back to World War II, like, it's just been crazy yeah. how much has changed in just two weeks. Um, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, but we're hoping everyone out there is staying safe, staying healthy, social distancing, washing your hands, taking precautions, all that good stuff to... Uh, you know, help us get through this. We're not going to dwell too much on that as we tend to not do here. We're here to have some fun, talk about MSU sports, and try to take your mind off of just the crappy, awful things that are happening right now in the country. So that's what we're going to do, Matt. That is our job. We're Mm going to do it. We're going to take you to the lightheartedness of 
Xavier Tillman leaving <laughs> Michigan State basketball just to brighten the mood up a little bit. Please come back, Xavier. I beg you, please. Yeah, that's uh, we're going to talk about Tillman uh, here in the first segment. We didn't get to yesterday because we had already banked the Cotton Bowl rewatch into two parts and didn't want to split it up, but... It's not like there's a ton of news that's going to bypass Tillman, so like we'll we'll get to it. Uh, so we're going to talk about Xavier Tillman. Uh, the football offensive and defensive coordinators had a conference call with some media folk uh, on Wednesday, so we'll talk a little bit about that, mm-hmm. and we'll see kind of where that takes us. If we need to, we will do a couple listener questions. Um, if not, you know, we'll, we'll obviously, depending on time, we may skip those listener questions. As always, we have a ton in the bank. If you want to email us, lockedonspartans at gmail.com. You can tweet at me, will underscore underscore hunter, one L two underscores at Sheehan underscore sports. DM us, send us questions whenever. We're just banking them up and we'll throw them out there as need be uh, through this time. And right, if I Matt. could just add one thing. Sure. Uh, Coach Mel Tucker did have a Q&A on Twitter today. and. Oh. Uh, there were a few of our amazing listeners that did reach out to Coach Tucker and join us in the Get Coach Tucker on the podcast. He acknowledged us. He said he is working on it. We will we'll work on it. It's not a said. guarantee, but step one is acknowledgement. So thank you to all <laughs> the listeners that uh, hopped up into his mentions today. Uh, and really, even if you weren't one of those listeners, thank you guys for listening anyway. We really do appreciate it. Aside from him, someone... Uh, you should pull up the tweet that uh, spurred this reaction. There was a couple of them. See if you can find them real quick sure. while I fi- filibuster. Um, so there were a couple of people who had mentioned to Coach Tucker, said, hey, come on, Locked On Spartans, go talk with these guys. Uh, Matt's going to get your name so we can shout you out real quick. Keep doing that uh, yeah. because if we can get him actually on the show, that would be uh, absolutely incredible. Fun interview definitely uh, to do uh, knowing us. Um, but there were some other stuff. He was answering a lot of questions and, um, Mm -hmm. I found some of his answers really funny, really interesting, really enlightening. Um, just as to like him. Um, so I, I, maybe you can give yours. Did, did you find these names yet? I, I found the one that he responded to, yes. It was Elizabeth Stewart who said, I would love to hear you answer some questions from some amazing Spartans. Thank you for a line about our credentials, Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm mediocre at best. Will's amazing. Uh, on Locked on Spartans with Will and Sheehan, can we please, in all caps, make this happen? Coach Tucker, four words. We'll work on it. Sold. All right, let's go, baby. Let's go, Tucker. Come on, baby. So we will be working that in the next few days, weeks, months, years, however long it takes to get Tucker on the podcast. We're going for it, baby. We're going for uh, it. Cameron Solu as well um, was the other one that I saw. Strong. Um, yeah, so thank you, you guys. And anyone else, if we didn't see your, your tweets trying to get Coach Tucker on the podcast, we really appreciate it. But somebody did ask him, Matt. Yeah. And we'll get into Xavier Tillman. We'll start it up uh, in segment two. We, we've only got a few minutes left here. Um, someone asked him, how does he feel about jet sweeps? <laughs> Which is a phenomenal question for anybody to ask. Like Spartan Twitter, MSU Twitter um, is a really good community. And it's generally pretty, um, I don't know, like reasonable, tame. Um, you don't have these sections of the fan base where you're just like, Good God, shut! Like you're the worst. Sure, like yeah. there's sometimes there's people who are like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. That happens in any fan base, but I feel like MSU Twitter does a really good job of being just like cool and funny and smart and reasonable. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just love that someone was like, I'm going to ask him what he thinks about jet sweep. <laughs> so that was a great question. And he responded with, what's that with a crying face emoji, <laughs> which just music to everyone's ears. Now, they're going to run a jet sweep. I feel like they're going to run a jet sweep at some point. Yes. Um, but uh, I don't I hope know. They do. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, maybe he said he had someone there with him or was talking with someone like, yeah, people keep asking about jet sweeps. What's the deal with jet sweeps in MSU? And someone filled him in like, oh, okay, oh it's, buddy, a running, sit down. <laughs> it's a running joke. Jet sweeps to the short side. It doesn't work to your six string receiver, whatever. Just the fact that he responded that way. Um, I was kind of not, not stunned at the answer, but just stunned that a college football coach <laughs> would be aware enough of that and have that sort of funny response ready to go for that. Um, so I found that, uh, to be really sort of refreshing, it, mm-hmm. it might be the the best way to say it. And it's really cool to have him doing this. And, you know, I, I don't know if Mark D'Antonio actually ran his Twitter account or whatever, yeah, but it depended on the day and the hour. Yeah. yeah. And um, even if he did, like it was, you know, it's it was pretty much an extension of him. It was kind of boring. <laughs> Didn't want to do anything. Wasn't interested in any sort of engagement or anything like that would use it a little bit for recruiting and, and you know, sending birthday wishes or yeah. congrats on the contract, Kirk Cousins, whatever, stuff Whoever like that. Whoever did Just, run that account did a phenomenal 10 out of 10 job at matching who Mark yes. Antonio was. I, I yes. absolutely 100%. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's just, it's cool to see, like, this is very clearly someone maybe is helping him out or whatever, but Mel Tucker is doing some of this. He's tweeting out pictures of his dogs um, answering questions about how they're doing uh, their conferencing. Someone asked him about uniforms. Um, yeah, Thunderstruck. Getting, yeah, about Thunderstruck getting the bronze, some bronze uniform or bronze back in the uniforms. And he said he'll have to look into that. When did this happen? And said someone wanted um, to get rid of the neon. Please get rid of the neon stuff. And he had a laughing emoji about that as well. So it's like it, it's just different and it's refreshing and it's mm-hmm. cool to see him. You know, <laughs> and you know what else a... he did? Well, you know what else he did? And we're not going to get too far into this, but he just responded to at Bacon Wire Real, too. So asking for bacon samples. He is all in on MSU Twitter, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked him, why do dogs get angry when you blow in their face, yet they stick their heads out of the window in the car? He responded with a gif of a dog with flappy jowls sticking its face out, like, <laughs> just like ridiculous he a- uh, answered what kind of wings he likes that's a hilarious um, question about the dogs <laughs> i've never thought about that yeah oh you've never heard that question <laughs> no never in my life that's that's a great one um yeah someone asked about game day experience um changing anything and he said they're looking you know um we've got an online ba- coach we just have an online coach do i get bacon samples um so yeah that's it's just it's cool that you know, I'm sure it'll change and be different. You know, this is a off-season time with not much going on, and it's great. He's at a new place. It's great for him to be able to reach out, and that matters when you're new at a place. You're replacing someone like Mark D'Antonio with that legacy, with that history, with that success. Like, it's smart to endear yourself to a, a section of the fan base and be personable and be funny. Um, 
but it's just different and it's cool. Um, and he sent out a thing, asked for questions, got hundreds of them and he's just ripping through answers. And I was surprised by that. I thought, you know, he'll get to three or four or five of them, but he's just, whatever it is, he's just answering them. How so, about 4,000 of them seemingly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he takes on trolls from Colorado sometimes just being funny and it's, it's cool. That's so just surprised to see that and refreshing and, and it's fun and we'll see how it sort of progresses. But so far it's been really interesting to see him uh, do that. Yeah, he's killing time in this quarantine quite greatly. Uh, there's been a lot of media <laughs> yes. coverage how him and his assistants have been actually, you know, doing their actual jobs, not just responding yes. <laughs> on Twitter to questions. Well, but yeah, even when he's not looking at film, he's he's getting acclimated with the fan base. I mean, you saw that at the hockey games, the basketball game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Coach Tucker is man, God, this is great. What a, what a refreshing change of scenery. Love love Mark Antonio. Love him like a family member. I, I don't want that to get twisted in any way, shape, or form. But man. What an exciting, exciting new chapter we have. At some point, going to have to win some football games. Um, obviously, it's too early for that, but so far, uh, so good on the uh, the new coach. I think it, it, maybe most importantly, you can feel there's an energy, a positive energy in the fan base as it relates to oh, of course the program moving yes. forward. Um, yes. And so that that is very important because it for all the good stuff that has happened the last couple of years had really drained a lot of people of their enthusiasm and excitement. And I feel like it's back. Um, and that's just a positive development. All back, right. Back, back, it's back. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's change gears here. We're going to talk about Xavier Tillman, uh, declaring for the NBA draft and, you know, leaving the door open to a return. Um, but we'll talk about that situation and how realistic a return might be in just a minute. All right, Matt. Yeah, okay, let's 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 do this. We we feel busted enough to try to avoid the topic, but <laughs> let's have the hard conversation, Will. Yeah, we'll we'll sandwich it in, right? You don't want to lead off with something like Bleh. Um yeah. so because, Okay, because <laughs> on the surface, yeah, let's talk. He did say his final one of the final statements was I'm leaving the possibility of returning to college. His exact words are throughout the process I will be keeping my college eligibility. Yes. That's great. So there are certain things, and, and the NBA has worked with the NCAA, and they've done a, a better job at allowing kids to explore the process without risking losing their eligibility. And you, if you ask me, if mm-hmm. you enter the draft and you get undrafted, I think you should have the option to return to school if you're an underclassman. Like That's something that there could be additional steps made with this, but that's beside the point. Sure. Point is, you can now enter the draft – um, you can get all the feedback, go through the workouts, and then there's a date, a, a deadline date. Um, we don't know what it's going to be, Matt. <laughs> it could be anywhere between now and Christmas. Uh, who knows? Yep. Um, that you have to declare um, you're either staying in the draft or returning. And so that is something that you are able to, you know, stay eligible by you go through the process and stay eligible. Um, and I believe, do you know, uh, I should have looked this up. I can look it up for a second. You talk mm-hmm. um, about the agent. Can They can you hire can. an agent. I, yeah. I'm, I'm 95.7% positive you can hire an agent and still make uh, yeah. the decision to return. I, the, the Rich Paul rule essentially is what it became. Yep. Players um, can hire, yep, players, it's two years ago. Players can hire agent. Um, and that's just smart because, and so you may see that Xavier Tillman has signed with so-and-so agency. That doesn't mean he's gone necessarily, um, but it's just smart to have player representatives 
going through the process with them so they get the best you know outlook for them because um, an agent's going to want to make sure their situation is the best because that is what is best yeah. for the uh, and the agent. This is also hundred percent the first year ever that agents have been involved in these decisions too before they've actually declared for the draft. Let's <laughs> let's make that a hundred percent. Never before has it ever happened until this year. So no, it's yeah. it's nice that it's just legally on the record that you can do this yep. now. Yep. So he's going to go through the process. Um, not a surprise at all that he's going to go through the process. No. Um, you know, Cassius Winston did it last year. I don't think he ever hired an agent, but he went through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole time I thought, you know, there's probably a good chance he's coming back because he's going to be like, yeah, you know, you're kind of a second roundish type prospect. And he being three years in, he had a chance to come back player of the year, final four chances, all that. It seemed like, you know, the odds were good that Cassius Winston would come back despite going through the process last year. So it's no surprise at all that, um, that sorry, Xavier Tillman is going to go through the process. I think Aaron Henry should as well. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm part of the opinion that if, if you're even close to somewhat maybe having an NBA career, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get just feedback. information, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's a progress that's... report, essentially. So like, why not? Yeah. Like, if Aaron Henry did it, if Rocket Watts did it, heck, I, I know he didn't have the greatest end of the season, but Gabe Brown, if he were to do it, like, why not? Joey just, Hauser like, should do it. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> like, selfishly as a fan, it, it is very scary to see these players be like, hey, I'm going to the draft and hiring an agent, but I yeah. might come back to school. It's like, I really wish you wouldn't do that. But when I'm not thinking like a selfish fan, why, it's just, why wouldn't you? Like, yeah. obviously, all these kids have dreams to go to the league or at least year of ball. Like, it'd be nice to see where they do stand in the landscape of professional basketball. I, I think a lot of fans do get that. But for the ones was, that don't, like, this is really what it is. It's yeah. Think of yourself as a junior year in college, and whatever you majored in, someone professional from that major came down and said, hey, you're doing good, but this is what you need to work on. You would absolutely listen to that. You would yep. absolutely listen to that. So it, it's not any different with these guys. No, and it was really beneficial for someone like Nick Ward. Um, sure. Who they were like, yeah, you got to work on this, this, and this. And um, he came back uh, motivated, enthused, excited, and wanting to work on different things. Now, you know, he ended up getting hurt and whatever. His pro career is he's in the G League and figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it definitely had an impact on him. And the information is is the big thing. So, yeah, if, if any of those guys do it too um, – they should like more power to them, get the information. Um, I don't foresee anyone else on this team declaring for the draft because, you know, Henry could be like a late second round type pick, but I think his stock could climb. You even mean higher. like declaring and staying in, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Declaring and staying like actually going into the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Henry could get drafted, but I think if he played his junior year and, improved on a few things like he could be pushing into the first round because a lot of people really like what his his size length athleticism and and the stuff he does on defense and the potential that he's flashed on offense but as it relates to Xavier Tillman Matt this did not seem like a hey I might be coming back message am I with you on this one it is my anticipation that he stays in the draft yeah correct I do not have inside information that no, is going n- off I. of yeah. that is yeah that is going off of what his stock is and that comes from reading a number of different mock drafts which have him um i think the recently i've seen him in the first round definitely a couple times 
Um, the lowest I've seen him is like mid forties or high for like forty two somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and we can talk quickly about what that means. Um, but this is a draft year with a lot of prospects who are like, well, he's kind of risk reward. There's some upside, but we don't know. It's not a great year. There's a couple guys up top that you're like, yeah, we, you know, Anthony Edwards. Uh, uh, oh my God, Lamella Ball. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real surefire thing. James Wiseman, take your pick. A lot of flawed prospects in this group, and so I think at some point in the first round, some good organization is going to look at a guy like Tillman and be like, "Yeah, you know, maybe the upside isn't there, but he can come in and play right away. Uh, he's going to play in the NBA for a decade, and if he, you know, if that jumper comes around, he's going to be a really solid player for a long time." And so I think there's a good chance he ends up as a first-round pick. Yeah, because at worst, at worst, he becomes an NBA guy that can guard positions, let's call it four through two, just worst case. Best case, he can guard he can, yeah, anywhere he can guard on fives. the floor. I think he can too, but absolute worst case is two through four. And yeah, best case, he does develop that jumper. He can guard any position on the floor. And he does become that guy in the NBA that just quietly has like a 12-year career or something like that. I, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. And the last seven games worth of tape he put out there, I, I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, that's, 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 all he, that's all he needs. And I don't know how much more he can improve off of that, to be honest. Yeah, maybe he comes back next year. He adds a, a nice jumper. Um he can improve that in the NBA, though, I guess, rather than college, right? Yeah. I, I feel like he, right <laughs> yes. now, he is what he is. Anything that he could improve at State next year isn't something that he couldn't improve at the NBA or the G League next year. I mean, people dabble in that for a year or two before they head up to the, the NBA. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I know he left the decision to return to MSU open. But right there, the final sentence of his statement that he posted on Twitter, thank you forever, Greenheart. And considering everything else, like I, I don't anticipate him, his wife, and his two kids will be yep. returning to East Lansing. And that's another thing you got to remember, too. I know that they have a solid life in East Lansing and everything, but eventually, hey, I, money's pretty cool. The, the scholarship is great. East Lansing, Michigan State, what a place to live. Great education at Michigan State. I got one myself. They give it to anyone. Boy, does six, maybe seven figures sound a lot better, though. So here is what the big deal is. Um, If you are taken in the first round in the NBA, you get two years guaranteed. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, Jordan Poole is the 28th pick of last year's draft. He signed for, um, what was his total? 11 or 12, I think, was his total deal. Um the first two years are guaranteed, and so Jordan Poole, just the guy who was taken in the 20th pick last year, gets $4 million over the next two seasons, guaranteed. Then after that, there's team options for $2 million and $4 million. Um, Solid, yeah. Those are almost always picked up with these types of guys. Um, so essentially what you're going to get is like a four-year, 12-ish million dollar deal, kind of at worst if you're a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's back end of the first round. And, you know, we'll see with salary cap and things like that. But if he gets picked somewhere in the late 20s, like it's it's a guaranteed um, 10 plus million dollars over four years. Now, what usually happens is if you're bad, like if you're a bust, you, you enter free agency, you try to latch on with another team at kind of a minimum type deal. 
Um, if you're decent, uh, the team will offer you like a qualifying offer type thing, which um, basically if they don't, and I know this is getting a little complicated, a little in the woods. Um, if, if you're not offered a qualifying offer from your team, you become an unrestricted free agent. Um, if going into the last season, you sign an extension, which is a lot of what a lot of rookies do to stay with that original team, you end up getting like seven years um, and you'll get a lot more money on that second deal. And you'll get into, you know, depending on what type of player you are, like um, what's his name? Siakam from the Raptors sure, sign an yep. extension right off his rookie deal. When his rookie deal for three years, sign an extension that will get added onto his last year for like $140 million. So that's the high end. <laughs> sure, that's okay. I, I could live with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what happens a lot of time is you you get the four years guaranteed, and then based on that, the team will either extend you, send you to a qualifying offer, you, you get lost to free agency, where generally, as long as you're not a terrible nightmare player, you're going to start making um, some more money. And so that is guaranteed, and that's why getting drafted in the first round is a big deal, because those first two years... And the two option years after that essentially nets you guaranteed ten plus million dollars, no matter where you're picked. If you're picked really high, it's a lot more money, and then you obviously sign huge extensions because those are the really good players. But once you get into the second round, those guarantees go away uh, by the rules. But I think eighty percent of players taken in the top forty-five, so like thirty-one to forty-five in that group, like eighty percent of them end up signing two-year guaranteed deals. Um, and they just don't have like those four-year deals with the team options, and you go right into free agency after that. So if you're a second-round guy, you kind of get two years, a um, couple million dollars total, generally some guaranteed money. Some of it is completely guaranteed. Some guys will get like $3 million over two years completely guaranteed. And then from there, they uh, you know figure out your value and sign you to an extension, or you go to free agency. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So it's really great to, if he gets word like, yeah, you're going to be in the first round for sure. He's gone. If someone says, you know, yeah, you're probably a top 45 prospect. There's no way you'll slip out of the draft. He's probably still going to go because it's going to be guaranteed a couple million dollars and a chance to kind of uh, earn it there, like like Draymond Green did, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. played out his his rookie thing and then signed a big extension. So that's kind of the quick of the the salary cap slash money contract implications of it. But a first round draft slot for him in the NBA is a guaranteed pretty much four year deal. Um, two years are legitimately guaranteed, but pretty much everyone gets the four years. And that's a lot of money for a young couple with two young kids. Uh, it's life changing money. And it's something that it's hard to put a delay on for another year. Absolutely. Worst case scenario, you go to Europe and you still make low six figures, which is a pretty good paycheck. So pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty good. All right, let's pause here. We'll come right back and we'll uh, give our quick thoughts on the uh, the press calls or whatever the teleconferences with the Jay Johnson and yes. Scotty Hazelton uh, in just a second. Okay, Matt. What an exciting time to have press conferences with football coaches back in our lives again. It's almost as if sports might come back eventually. I don't know, but that's the kind of vibe I got. What a uh, hope, but yeah, that's what I got. Um, here, just for reference, so Iggy Brezdakis, I wanted to look it up real quick in the break, was taken middle of the second round last year. He's going to make... Um, 
just under a million dollars this year and then 1.5 million dollars the second year um and he's been a g league player a lot too and it's not a two-way deal when you're a second round pick you get an nba thing so three years 2.4 million dollars guaranteed even for a second round pick like iggy brasdakis so i'll take it yeah it's it's yeah the money is it's become more secure even for second round picks um you know than it was in year past so back to football back to football back to football um did anything catch your eye in this so um scotty hazelton and oh my god Jay Johnson. Jay, Jay, Jay Johnson. Johnson. Yep. I was to say it's not Joe Johnson. Jay Johnson, mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator for Michigan State, talked with the reporters, and a lot of it was like you know your typical stuff. What are you guys doing? What are you gonna? We're gonna be multiple on offense. We're gonna play hard on defense. We're gonna rally to the ball. Yeah. Um, right. Was there anything in there that stuck out to you? I have a couple of things, but I just wanted to go to you first and see if you had um, any thing that you really wanted to talk about there was one big screaming headline i saw and then there was one that is a little smaller the big screaming headline was jay johnson saying that the t- i'm paraphrasing here that the tight end is the most pr- important position on offense i want to say it was something mm, along the lines of mvp that. of our offense mvp will be the tight of our end. offense CEO was the quarterback, but the tight end will be the mvp yeah um well i'm looking at the tight end depth chart right now in my head Yikes! In in one word, um, for the upcoming season. Now, who's to say the the next few seasons might not? I mean, might improve. I'm sure they will, because right now we have Trent Gilson, and behind him is a lot of questions. Well, it might be me or you. I I don't know who else is playing tight end this year. Dotson, I I, I don't know the injury. It's an Achilles. Achilles are so tough. Exactly. Yeah, I I don't know the prognosis on that. The recovery time. It's probably not going to be kickoff of the season. Um, yeah, and I know they also said that Connor Hayward will also be starting the season at running back tentatively, Mm -hmm. but once again, it's March, about to be April, so it is tentative, anything can change, but yeah, when I hear that the tight end is the MVP of the offense, and you really have one tight end that, let's be honest, is kind of unproven right now, Mm -hmm. ooh, (laughs) hmm. I, I did have the same, I had the same reaction, but when you watch them, um, like Colorado, and, and it's not just like the Colorado stuff. It's kind of where this offense comes from. Being able to be multiple, as if we're going to use that term, and run oh, we're using the option that term stuff. A lot, um, yes. Yeah, the inside, um, like uh, not you know, passing over the middle. Um, the tight end is very important to pretty much all offenses. Sure. Right now in college football. Um, you got to have guys who can block, who can go to the proper assignment, um, whether they're in a zone scheme, whether they're running zone read, RPO type things. Like the, the tight end just gets involved a lot more, and they're very good at finding mismatches because if you have an athletic tight end who's a big guy, it's hard on a safety. Um, who's too small, it's it's hard on a linebacker who's not fast enough, so... We're, I, I get sort of <laughs> why he would say that, and, and tight end is going to be, especially moving forward, very important to this offense. Now in the first year, I, I will say Colorado ran a lot of one tight end sets, a lot of three wide receivers, a lot of 11 personnel. Um, so one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers. They did that a lot. They would use multiple running backs a lot, and I think you'll find some sort of H-back hybrid type things. We've talked about Connor Hayward. You could see him as some uh, hybrid-y type 
stuff, doing some blocking, running some routes, occasionally, occasionally getting a handoff. Um, so I think they'll be flexible with tight end this year. Um, Gillison, I think, will be the one who sees the most time, and there's some young guys, you know, underneath him. Berghorst uh, is a redshirt who I think is going to stick at tight end, and we'll sort of see what happens after that. Um, but I don't think they're going to be like trotting two or three tight ends out there all the time. Um, I just think no. you know they they did a good job last year adjusting scheme to talent at Colorado. They like to QB run a lot. They had Steven Montez, who doesn't run the ball very well, um, and they cut way back on that and tried to do things that played to his strength. So I think they will let the roster kind of dictate what they do. But, yeah, tight end is going to be important to the offense. You hope Trenton Gillison can take a step. Um, And with some different coaching, maybe it's just – maybe Ted Gilmore is the right tight ends coach for him. And for whatever reason, Mark Staten wasn't. Uh, Jim Bullman wasn't whatever, um, and it clicks for him because he's a very athletic, gifted kid uh, with a lot of upside still. So, yeah, that, that definitely caught my mind, though. And the other thing that caught my mind a little bit, and I know he sounded off a tad on every quarterback, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's no question that the quarterback battle is one of the top three storylines going into the season. Yep. We, I think, agree on our stance on Rocky. He's fine. He's there. He has played. Uh, he's those are he is there and he has played. Those are two indisputable indisputable facts. Yes. With that said, uh, there's also Peyton Thorne and Theo Day. He did sound off a little on those guys. And again, I'm sorry, I don't have the quotes up in front of me, but I'm paraphrasing. He said he did like a lot what he saw on the film from Thorne, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, and he said something just like a token nice comment about Theo Day, which is fine. I, I can't dispute it one way or another because we've only seen Theo Day on the field for, what, six plays? Um, if that. So I really don't have a concrete opinion on him. Um, but, yeah, the, the Thorne comment's exciting that he's in the mix, too. Obviously, uh, we've seen the highlight tape on Thorne from high school. And double, obviously, you only get the good plays from the high school highlight tapes. Uh, <laughs> I, I would love to lament on how he has a great deep ball because, let's be honest, in his huddle highlight film, that deep ball's looking saucy. But, again, it's a highlight he tape. Was, you only get the yeah. highlights. So I, I, I really don't know what to say about him or Day, but, hey, Apparently, yeah. Jay Johnson likes what he sees with both of those guys. It could be coach speak. It could not be. But, hey, it, it's it's something that's been thrown out there that we have not gotten yet from the offensive coordinator of the new staff. So <laughs> Just that was exciting. Saying, saying a lot of nothing. Um, Thorne got some rave reviews last year from uh, scout team and, and stuff. Um, along those lines, practice. Um, guys would talk about how he was really shifty, an effective runner, was throwing it well, making plays on the run, and just, you know, kind of just going out there and making plays, being a, a whatever you want, a baller, like whatever you want to describe it as. But he was definitely catching veterans' uh, eyes last year from his work in practice, and that's good. Uh, but we just, I think the biggest thing is this, they're going to go into this totally wide-open quarterback competition, oh, yeah. as it should be, and despite the fact that Rocky has started, what is it, six or seven games uh, in his career. Actually, I think it's less than that because the work you came back, uh, but started a handful of games in his career, has by far the most experience. Um, it's not anything where they're like, yep, Rocky's the guy going in, whereas I think if the old regime had stuck around, it would have been Rocky's job to lose, I think, kind of 100%, at, the, yeah. at the quarterback position. It is That might be the biggest development with the new staff is it is a fresh slate for everybody at quarterback 
they don't know any of these guys. They've got limited film on everyone, a little bit more on Rocky, but pretty limited film on everyone. Um, and it's, it's going to be truly best man wins, um, which is tough to do when everyone's stuck at home. Yeah, and one of the things that the coaching staff is doing is, for the younger players especially, uh, they have to because they can't obviously meet each other at practice. They have to look at the high school film for some of these guys. The guys have mm-hmm. barely have any reps. And Peyton Thorne is one of those guys that was a dual-threat quarterback in high school. And that is one of the, the, I guess, what schemes of offense that Jay Johnson would want to run. So mm-hmm. it, it, I guess it's not the most surprising thing in the world that you look at a guy like Thorne and it's like, well, hey, he shows tendencies of what we want from a quarterback. So yeah, do you know what else I like the most about Thorne, too? And correct me if I'm wrong here. I tried to do a quick Google search to see 100% if I'm right. He was senior year high school teammates with Jaden Reed, though, right? Or Jaden Reed's senior year. They, they were high school teammates, right? Yeah, Jaden Reed is one year older than him. Uh, Jaden Reed's senior year in high school was Peyton Thorne's junior year in high school. Same high school, and then they both went to... Well, Reed went to Western. Thorne was committed to Western, ended up at MSU, and then Reed ended up at MSU as well. And that might just be dumb, corner of the bar, sitting on the bar stool, sports guy take there. But I like my quarterbacks and receivers with a dash of chemistry <laughs> heading into the season, especially when the season is unknown as this one coming up. That's my take on it. It's a, uh, it's a wild take. Um, yeah, yeah that's what I'm going to stick with. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be kind of the, the wild card going into this. Um, although I, I would say we haven't seen anything from... Theo Day at all, and he was in a spot where he just wasn't going to play yeah. behind Brian Lewerke, um, where we got to see Rocky Lombardi kind of thrown into the fire a little bit. Theo Day hasn't had that chance, so we have no idea kind of what he is. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, right certainly going to be... Right what? now, right now, if you had to put $10, two crisp $5 bills on it, and I know things will change over the summer, who would you bet is a starting quarterback against Northwestern week one? Provided the season happens. I know, it's tough. I really do feel like it's a three-way tie. Peyton Thorne. God, that's mine too. That's mine too. Again, things can change in the summer. We're going to learn a lot about each other because you know what's going to happen. These guys are going to get to actually practice live in front of coaches <laughs> eventually. and That'll be exciting. So, yeah, I think it's Thorne too. You think it's Thorne, but th- this is uh, far from a mortal lock. I would not take this one to the absolute bank. But right now, as it stands, I, I don't know. Yeah. Everything that's said about him, everything I see on the film, yeah, I'd put $10 on Thorne, I suppose. Yeah, I don't have a read at all, but I just, I don't know. I, I feel like. Gun to head bet, though, it's Thorne. Gun to head, right yeah. Right now, yeah. Like, they're all tied, but give me Peyton Thorne. Sure. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us here on today's episode. Of Locked on Spartans. Thanks so much for joining us. Matt, what are we going to do tomorrow? So, okay, this is what I I was going to instruct the listeners to do. We don't know what the next rewatch is going to be, but it could be any of these three. It could be the 2017 Michigan football game, the one in the monsoon. Mm -hmm. It could be the MSU Duke game. Rewatch that again if you want. I don't feel like you have to because, listen, we've all watched it at least 58,000 times. But Sunday on Big Ten Network, Sunday on Big Ten Network at 1 o'clock. One more time I'm going to say that. 1 o'clock Sunday, Big Ten Network. They are showing the 2015 Louisville Elite Eight game. There you go. (laughs) Now, I say that twice because you cannot find this full game anywhere online as far as I'm concerned. 
I tried yesterday to look for this 2015 Louisville game as much as I possibly could. Couldn't find it anywhere. So if you can, watch it live on Big Ten Network this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Or if you can, DVR it. I'll say it for the fourth mm-hmm. time. Big Ten Network, 1 o'clock this Sunday. I want to try eventually get to that. And I want to maybe get a guest that was in the game. But I, I, I can't promise because we haven't gotten the full commit yet. But yeah, those three games... Are up for grabs for the next three rewatchables. It's the Duke game, it's the 2017 Michigan football game, or it's the Louisville game to get to the Final Four in 2015. Big Ten Network, one o'clock. A lot of good options and some very potentially exciting guests coming on the podcast uh, in the near future. We honestly, mm-hmm. if this plays out, best case scenario, mm-hmm. it could be really fantastic beyond just. Uh, Mel Tucker like mm-hmm. <laughs> things are cooking in the lab we'll see if any of it comes together odds are none of it will and we'll just yeah do no of course no show. yeah we, we are 80% of the way on three guests <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> 20% who boy anything can happen these last 20% of the time yeah. here uh, but uh, thanks so much for listening <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow uh, we'll find something fun to do we might be ranking doing some rankings ranking people we're gonna rank our <laughs> listeners that's what we're gonna do <laughs> ranking we'll do a draft we'll do something fun but yeah um thanks so much for listening we'll be back tomorrow reminder to rate review and subscribe to the podcast you can find locked on spartans wherever you get your podcast matt take us home big 10 network sunday one o'clock i'm just saying dvr it dvr it so long gang stay safe <laughs>